Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody and welcome to Exposed Dragged Out. I'm Joseph Shepard and I've always wanted to get to know you guys so much better. I mean, I love talking to you. I love getting your questions when you end up submitting them. I love incorporating you into the show. Um, but I definitely want to talk with you. So after each episode, head over to the dip dot com that's the d-i-p-p dot com and find the exposed dragged out community where i'll be posting about the topics i cover on today's episode and more think of the dip as like a new female founded reddit where people like you and me can actually feel good about sharing our opinions and talking about the things we love we can chat about rupaul's drag race pop culture maybe you're a fan of like the bachelor you can ask questions about or expand on you know something that you hear me rant about or whatever the space is for us to decide what we want the link in the description will tell you how to find exposed dragged out community on the dip.com. And today, you know, I'll be posting about um, River Medway and this little um, nugget of wisdom that we learned about an AliExpress dress. <gasps> Let's get into the episode. From UK season three, we have River Medway. How are you doing? Hello, sweetie. I'm doing absolutely fantastic. I'm really excited to be talking to you. How are you doing? I am great. You know, I only wake up at 6 a.m. for you, you know, <laughs> only for River Medway. You look amazing for 6 a.m. I usually get home at, at that time. So <laughs> <laughs> I always my biggest thing is that when I'm tired, you can always tell because my eyes get so small and I mean it like they, I feel like they're like buttholes because they also like all the puffiness around. It just never is good. I'm like, you're always going to know. I mean, buttholes are good sometimes. So <laughs> it depends. <laughs> yes. Where are you right now? Where are you? I am currently in Newcastle. Okay. Um, today is the first date of our Pick a Mix BDE tour. Um <gasps> rehearsing it's very very exciting wait so all of you guys are back together to do a tour bde we are getting pick and mix we're getting that that's so exciting like to be on drag race and have the girl group that was the best be able to progress you and do things like what what's that experience been like working with the girls again 
do you know what it's it's been so nice because we all four of us haven't done the number together since literally we filmed the show and it's like some people do it like at a gig or something but like we're never all together like it 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 never happens so it's been so nice so i had to like sit there and watch the video on youtube to remind myself (laughs) of like dance and stuff because there's more than just chest pumps um, just in case anyone thought that it was just chest pumps for three and a half minutes. But it's been really, really fab to be with, you know, Ella, Teresa and Vanity. Oh, I, I can only imagine what's going to ensue on this tour. I feel like you guys are all like such different personalities. What What is it like when you guys are in a room? Like who is always the loudest? I mean, we're all drag queens, Joseph. So <laughs> I think... I think everybody's can be loud. It depends what we're doing. Um, it depends if we're in work mode or we're in social mode or party mode or whatever. Um, I don't think anybody's necessarily like the loudest. I don't think anyone's the quietest either, but we all know each other so well, mm-hmm. which I think everybody sort of forgets because of people sort of think, oh, we filmed the show and then that's it. And then yeah. we're not really good friends so we don't text every day and all stuff like that which we do so i guess everyone i don't know <laughs> if that <answers> the question. <laughs> well i want to get into the start of your career doing drag um so let me get this straight you were reborn and raised in kent is that correct yeah and what were you like when you were growing up as a child? Did the creative energy come through you then? Yeah, exactly the same. I, I, I was born exactly like this. Honestly, that's actually not an exaggeration. I just got better at makeup. Like I was, I've been like this since the day I was born. I also had an older sister. Her name's Jasmine. She's four years older than me. And she taught me everything I need to know about, you know, Destiny's Child, Spice Girls, yes. but like everything, like it was that we used to put shows on for our parents every single weekend, like basically without a doubt, like all the time we'd be putting shows on. So it's been in there the whole time. Walk me, walk me through a little show of yours at like the age of seven. Like what would you, what okay. was, what did I expect? Okay. Well, I mean, I've got videos from when I was like three. So okay. really young. One of my favorite ones, I, this is such a vivid memory in my head. I don't know if you remember this. In sh- the film Shrek, the first one, right at the end, they do like a, I can't remember what it's called. It's like a swamp karaoke party or something. Yes. All the characters sing like Madonna and like just all different songs. And I knew that off my heart by the age of by like three years old. And there's a clip of my sister and we go through the entire thing, word for word, all the way through. Um, so that was one of our favorite ones to put on is, oh, yes. is the Shrek, Shrek, Shrek Mega Mix Swamp Karaoke Party. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I do have to ask you then, which mm. Shrek is the best Shrek? One, two, two, uh, two. two, two, there we go. I don't think there's really a question which one is the best it is two and we could sit here and talk about this all day long people think it's such a meme thing and it's like a funny thing and it's a joke it is genuinely a fantastic piece of cinematic artistry it is just absolutely fantastic from the characters and the music and the visuals everything double chef's kiss Mwah. amazing is this why you are wearing your little red right now 
it's all because of Strack? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> I, I definitely planned that, Joseph. Uh, that was not a coincidence at all. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you as an individual start to come to terms with your identity as a person and as a human being? And was that before or after you started to fall into the love of drag? I mean, hang on, sorry. So I'm not crying, I've just got gas. <laughs> um, it's getting so emotional. Uh, all my traumas coming up. No, <laughs> no so I, I always had a really, really supportive family um, who just let me do whatever I wanted to do. And when I was younger, I used to, as I said, used to love dancing around, singing. My parents put me into like a youth theatre like on the weekends. And um, I was always very flamboyant and camp, which back when I was younger, saying somebody was camp was very derogatory it wasn't what it is now everything is camp these days which is amazing because i think everything is camp and i love camp but when i was younger i was always the camp boy at school and um if i'm honest i always knew that um i wasn't like 100 straight or anything um it was always it was never like one one thing or another for me um but i felt this pressure to come out and I probably realised, like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely, I guess, bisexual, if you want to to put a label on it, which has always been in my head since I was, like, a kid. Um, I use gay more as an umbrella term now. I'll say I am a gay man, but I don't think it would be correct for me ever to say I'm 100% homosexual, which is interesting, I guess. Um, but yeah, so I always knew that I liked boys when I was younger. And probably when I started like secondary school, which um, I guess you're like 11, I was like, yeah, I definitely like boys. So I knew that, like, I probably fully came to terms with that then. And then I think when I was about 15 was the first time I came out to somebody. And this is some juicy love story, Netflix shit here. I won't go into, oh, he's never gonna see this, so it's fine, he's straight now. <laughs> there was a boy I fancied at my school and I just assumed he was straight. And then I got over this crush, I was like, it's never gonna happen. And then one day I got a message from him on Facebook and it was this huge paragraph. It was like Dexter, it's my real name. Dexter, like, I, I've got feelings for you. He was like, I, I I, know boys don't usually feel this way about other boys, but I couldn't keep it in. Blah, blah. And I was there, my heart drops. I was like, oh, this boy's just come out to me. And I was like, I'm going to have to come out to him. Like, there's no way I can lie about this anymore. So then I came out to him as well. And then me and him would secretly, it wasn't even romantic really at first, but we would like, it was the first person I ever came out to and it was secret for like a good few months just because it was like nice to finally talk to somebody about it. And then we dated for a bit and then I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to be tied up. I'm 15 years old and I've just come out. Uh, and then I started telling my friends, I started telling everyone. And I went to an all boys grammar school, which is quite oh. like, there's not a lot of fruitiness or at least not open. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I th always thought it was going to be really, really tough. But I think the thing with me was I didn't have a really hard time growing up because people always liked me and they always I always could make people laugh and stuff. So it was sort of like, oh, yeah, like Dex is like he's a bit camp, but he's funny and he gets it and whatever. Um, so I never had a really hard time, but it was always it took me a while to really be comfortable letting everybody know. And then I think I got to a point one day and I felt, oh, do you know what? nothing actually matters at all um do you did you ever have ask fm 
Do you know oh, who yeah, that yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. Like with the, right, the okay. question thing, right? Be anonymous yes. questions. Answer it. Somebody one day, this I'd, I'd come out to a few of my friends. Most of my friends outside of school were girls because I knew them from like the like theatre club I used to go to and stuff like that. So they're who I mostly came out to. Um, and then they, I was like, do you know what? I don't care now. Who knows? But like, I'm not gonna um, announce it because it's not a big deal and it shouldn't be a big deal. So I was like, if anybody asks me now, I will let them know. And I got a message one day and it said, do you like boys? And I put, yes, share to Facebook. And I was like, I know, as soon as I did this, like, Phil, everyone know. Came in the next day, nobody said anything. And one of the one of the boys that were quite like, he was like, oh, do you like boys then? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, right. And that was it, really. Like, it was it was fully like, there, there were there were people that didn't know me, maybe in like other classes or different years that would like give me a little bit of shit. But for the most of it, it was fine, really. So that's sexuality side of it. If you want to go into drag, that's another long story as well. So <laughs> <laughs> I I love that you ended up saying that it should be made into like a Netflix movie. I could totally see that happening. That's like you basically were like Love Simon before Love Simon. It was like you were crafting behind those internet anonymous people wanting to know. Yeah, it was, when I think about it, do you know, I actually even wrote a like, uh, oh, what was that website people would write like fan fictions, Wattpad. I wrote a Wattpad about like me coming out and stuff and all of my feelings and me as a person and my identity. This is when I was about 15 and I think it's still online somewhere. Um, and that's actually how my parents found out because they found it. Um, they've always been really supportive as well. They, they were always amazing. And my parents sat me down one day. They're like, oh, Dexter, can I come talk to you, please? And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. And they're like, right. We're like, we're not angry. We're not, we're not upset or anything. We just, we're just saying, we've seen this online. We just want to check, like, this is all you and you're okay and you're everything. And I was like, yeah. And they were like, all right. They were like, we just, we just want to make sure that you're okay because they they were never worried about me. They were just worried about other people's reactions. Mm-hmm. So I'm very very grateful for my life and everything, and especially my family that gave me the space to be whoever I wanted to be. Um, and yeah, that was that was basically it. The rest is history, I guess. That's really really good and exciting that your parents took it that way. Like that would have been the coolest thing just to be able to like they're looking out for you know making sure other people aren't treating you wrong. That's exactly how it should be all over everywhere. So I'm very glad that, you know, you had that supportive force because that is, you know, pushed you to be who you are today, which is the drag side, which now you can tell that story. <laughs> we need to go back to, I think I was probably about seven. And um, as you know, actually a bit, a bit younger than that. So this, I always used to see my sister's dresses and what she used to dress up in and just really, really want that, um, which I think a lot of a lot of little queer people always like strive for as well. And I remember this so clearly. My sister had a blue sequin dress and um, one day I saw it and I was like, I need to get this on, grabbed it, ran down to uh, the bathroom, locked the door and tried to hit on. And I remember just uh, fully feeling myself and being like, <gasps> and it, this was, it was really sad because I just believed that I would never be allowed to, to do that. And it was nothing to do with my parents or anything really. It's just how 
it was worse in here than it actually was in my life. Like you make yeah. it, I made it such yeah. a big deal. And I was like, well, this isn't going to happen. Um, and then I put it away and then I didn't put the dress on again for years. And then when I was about seven, I remember being in Poundland, which is like the dollar store. And um, it was around Halloween time. And there was a red wig with two red devil horns sewn into it. And I was like, oh, oh, I'm, I really want to buy this for Halloween because you can get away with anything on Halloween. Um, I remember buying, getting my dad to buy it for me, but it was like a costume. And I used to wear that wig all the time. And I was just <laughs> obsessed. I was absolutely obsessed. And I still am absolutely obsessed with hair. And this is when it started. And um, I remember I used to try and like brush it and like, cut it and it obviously it was horrific it was like the most cheap gross horrible wig and um I'd have it for so long and just wear it and then it would just it was like there was barely any hair in it by the time I got a bit older so that was my first ever wig and I was just obsessed from that and then when I started going to youth theatre and stuff I'd always be like right I think she needs to wear a wig for this I think we're gonna have to get a wig and, and I'll style it just because I think she needs one uh, so then I used to style wigs on other people and then oh, I keep remembering so many things. See, this is your therapy session. You're getting it all out. You're remembering it. So many things. Well, I was gonna, it's because I'll tell one story and it goes through my whole life and then I remember something else but it happened when I was younger and I have to go through it again. Well, let me, let me tell you actually when River was born. But like before drag was a thing and before River was a thing, okay, this is this is what I've realised very recently. Um, I used to go on stardoll.com all the time. Did you ever go on Stardoll? No, what is that? It's a website where you would, it was like dress up games, right? And there would be like a celebrity and it'd be Lady Gaga and it'd have all of her outfits and you'd like drag the outfit over. Yes, yes, and- I know exactly what you're talking about. So I used to like, we used to play it at school if we had like one computer get day or something and the girls would show me and I'd love it. And then I realised that you could sign up for this website. This was probably when I was like nine. You can sign up for this website um, and create your own like avatar and like buy the clothes for it and style the hair and do all of this. And I was absolutely obsessed and I would do it like in secret in my house every single day. I'd be absolutely glued to this thing, you know, like everyone else was playing all these other things. And I was just on this and I had this person who I actually named after my mum. That was my that was my username. So I was like, well, I can't use my, my boy name. So I used my mum's name. Um, and I spent years like collecting outfits and like you you build your house and just all of these things and I, I realize now like that literally was my drag when I was younger it was like I couldn't do it on myself so I was doing it on this gorgeous woman that I'd created for years and years and years and I used to hide it and not let anybody know about it because uh, I thought it was just so wrong so yeah that's that story that's what I that's what I always I think about recently and I'm like that was like drag before yeah. that and I remember how like I think I watched I was watching something with Pearl in before and she was saying how she used to draw um, like these characters when she was younger. And then like that, like was Pearl. And now like she creates that with herself. And I was like, that that's actually, that's me. But I just did it like digitally, which is so cool, isn't it? That like thinking about that, like I didn't, that is actually really cool. Like I'm like at that age, I was, 
playing Neopets online and you're over there, you're over there crafting who River is under your mom's name. Yeah. Which is so funny. Like, yeah. Crazy. I could I could probably still log into the account. I know the password. Maybe I'm gonna have to do it. Or maybe I'll do like a YouTube video of me like I think you should. Yeah. And see what <laughs> And do you know what, actually, sorry, this is the thing, I've got, I'll go on so many tangents. If you want to move on, just tell me to shut up. Um, they, they, they used to be a lot of Lady Gaga outfits you could buy on on it. They would have, like, things so you could dress up. And I've always been obsessed with Lady Gaga, and I used to, like, dress her up like Lady Gaga. And now, like, I do Gaga all the time, um, which is just, like, my favourite. Like, I've just got a yellow, like, that urine yellow wig with a dark root that she used to wear on like, the monster. And it's like, I've only just got one. And it's like, I've wanted that since I was a child. And now I literally can do whatever I want and do all those things that I always wanted to do. Amazing, right? <laughs> Seriously. And then like looking at it too, this is what I want you to do. If you do log back into that account, I want you to screenshot whatever your outfit was that was stuck there. And I need you to recreate that in real life. Yes, right. We're doing it. I'll do it. Because yes. that will be a full circle moment. Yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? Yes, we'll do that. I, I, let me get onto the drag now. I'll be quick about this because this bit's actually the least. Of, this is the thing. It's actually like, it's all these things that happen when you're younger. And then when you get older, everything sort of just falls into place. Mm -hmm. For me, anyway, like it was stuff happening since I was actually a kid has led up until now. But yeah, I used to go to youth theatre a lot. And um I wanted to play the female roles and um, everybody loved it. So I'd start playing the female characters. And it, I think the first time I did it was like in a pantomime, which is when we have like a dame, which is like kind of drag. It's, I, I always say it's under the drag umbrella, but it's not. It's like a dame. It's usually like the joke is that it's a man. But that was sort of maybe the first time I did it on stage. And then we used to like do plays. And the director would be like, Dexter, do you want to do this one? And I'd be like, yeah, I do. And then that was probably around the same time that I started watching Drag Race. And I thought, oh, my gosh, like, I really could look nice if I if I practiced this. And I remember getting my first lace front when I was, like, probably 15, no, 15 or no, maybe 16. And it was around the time, like, season six of US was on. And then I just started doing it more and more. And then um, I moved to London when I was 18 to go to like musical theatre, like performing arts college. Um, and I used to like go out in drag. So we would like go down to the bar and I'd like get into drag or something. Uh, then I started working at GAY and I used to hand out wristbands on the front door just like as a boy and then one day I was like oh my god I'm gonna go in drag one day and it's like they're not even paying me to be in drag but I was like I want to be outside this gay bar like having out wristbands in like full drag like in the cold like I'd, I'd, I'd wear a dress with my tracksuit and trainers underneath because it was so cold outside all night long like wristbands for GAY um so yeah was doing that 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 and then when I was in my third year like my graduating year was the first time I got, so I would have been 21, I got my first drag gig, like paid for drag, which was at a place in Medway actually, which is really nice. And it, yeah, obviously I'd been on stage loads before, but never properly in, in drag like that. And um, I, cause I, 
I wanted to do drag by that point, but I was like, why is nobody booking me? Which I realise now that like you have people, people have to like you and have to get to know you before they book you. Like <laughs> it's a whole thing, and I realise that now, obviously. Um, anyway, they booked me because it was this place in Medway, and um, I did my first gig. And um, by that point, I'd been like doing makeup and doing hair for so long that like I didn't look really bad which is really nice because some people are like, this is me on my first gig and they look bastard. <laughs> they look bad. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I mean, but then I guess if I find a picture of me when I was like 15 doing drag, like it's a mess as well. So yeah, that was the first time I did a gig. And then, then what happened? Then I graduated from performing arts college and didn't really do much drag because to me, I wanted to like do musical theatre or be a dancer. Like it, drag was sort of an extra thing that I'd, I enjoyed doing. Um, and then uh, as soon as I graduated, uh, I moved to France for a couple of months because I worked at Disneyland for a bit. Um, and then I came back and I was like, oh, well, I'm unemployed again did like a few little jobs but I was like I've got a bit more free time like I'm gonna start doing drag a bit more or I'm gonna try to do drag a bit more uh got booked a couple more times in Kent maybe like three more times and then it was the pandemic so then I was like well I'm at home every single day I'm gonna do drag like all the time at home which I did and I guess I got like pretty decent and then like at the end of oh when uh, probably like the summer of 2020 I think everybody everything opened back up for a bit and then I started working like every single week at a bar in Kent which was so nice um so I was doing drag a lot like meeting everyone working with everyone and it was great and then by the end of 2020 we were in lockdown again and then I applied for drag race and then and now here we are was that that was the first time you had applied for drag race literally fresh out the box you have one gig under your belt, you've done <laughs> one makeup tutorial on YouTube, and bam, you are on the biggest stage. That That is pretty crazy. River, your life like went from one thing to a complete other, all because of this game you used to play on the computer. <laughs> yeah. no, fully, it, it fully is. It's crazy, isn't it? When you think of it like that. I still, my brain, if I'm honest, still doesn't, I don't think my brain can really understand that extremity of, of everything that's happened in my life in the last like six months, like, which is really strange because when I was applying, when I was preparing for Drag Race, it didn't seem like the biggest thing of my entire life because I couldn't quite believe that I was there. I felt like I shouldn't have got cast. So like, I don't think my brain realised, oh my God, this is actually Drag Race. Like this isn't some little thing this is actually drag race which is just crazy yeah so i know that you had mentioned on the show that the timing of everything kind of came down to some very pivotal moments in your life you have something that is really really exciting on one hand and then you have something that is the most awful time in anybody's life which is losing a parent and i can only imagine the roller coaster of what you were feeling on the inside and I love that you still did the show because I know that your mom would have loved that. I guess my question is, how did you as an individual 
get yourself to the point of being like, you know what, I am going to go on Drag Race? I don't think it was ever really a question. Really, I don't think I ever really considered not doing it. Um, I mean, I I had applied for the show, and then like a month later, I got a phone call to say that my mum wasn't going to make it, and then. About two weeks after that, I got another phone call and I was sat in the exact same place on my sofa saying like, hello, is that River Medway? Um, you're going to be on Drag Race. So it was the the craziest thing, the fact that I was sat in the same seat like a few weeks apart and I had two phone calls and they both changed my life, but in completely different ways. And it's so interesting to me to think I, I felt the exact same thing both times. Like it was the same physical feeling. It's just so bizarre because you can't really compare the two. But you know when you just that like, everything just sinks all of a sudden and it's like, oh, what? And that's what it was. And I, I felt that both times. And I thought it's something that, yeah, it, it just wasn't a question. It was like, oh, of course I, I have to do this. Like, for one, my mum would be furious if she found out I said no. Like, she would be so mad. Um, and two, it's like, I'm sorry, but like, the world cannot stop and the world will never stop. But one day, like, your life will. So there's no point sitting around. Um, and I think if, if, I, if I have learned anything from my mum passing away, it is that, like, exactly that. Like, your life... Is, is actually going to end like it's so dark but like every single person's life will actually end and you will die and you don't actually know when that's going to be and I have this mentality now for every single thing I do in my whole entire life and I wish I I wish that um I remembered that when I was on the show because I didn't always think like that on the show unfortunately um I got in my head quite a lot on the show because I, I just think, do you know what, like, do whatever you want. Because when people say life's too short, I think people hear that so much that they don't really think about it anymore. People go, life's too short. Everybody goes, life's too short. Yeah, it is. Like, it should be, you're going to die one day. That's what the saying should be, because you are. And I think the way I look about, the way I think about death now is is so different. I, I've never had somebody close to me pass away in my life, really, before that. But then actually, after... After I got the call for Drag Race, a couple of weeks later, my dad's mum actually passed away. So it was like my dad's going through the exact same thing that I've just gone through. Um, and I also have to create all of these looks for Drag Race. And it was just like so many things. I, I think this is why my brain never really processed it. Maybe because we're at such a big thing in my life. It was like, oh, I'm going on Drag Race now. Like something to keep me busy. Um, and I'm glad I had it to keep me busy because I don't know what I would be doing right now if I, because I'd probably have just sat in bed every single day and until now. I remember, this is actually like, when I think about this, it makes me really sad, but for a different reason. Um, like, we had to plan my mum's funeral while I was preparing for Drag Race. And we had my mum's funeral about a month before, oh no, not a month before, a few weeks before I left for Drag Race. And... Um, Everybody, everybody looks at you so different when something like that happens. And it was like my family were there. Luckily, it was at a time where we were still in lockdown, but we could still have people at a funeral and stuff. And I know it was much worse for a lot of people like a few months before and stuff. And in my head, all I could think about was Drag Race. 
before the ceremony had started when we were saying hello to like my mum's sister and, and her best friend and stuff like that in my head I was just thinking about a runway that I was getting made or something and it was it's such a it's so many different emotions that I've, I've never had anything like that in my life and I think because of that I don't think I ever was really fully like stable that whole time if I'm now that I think about at the time I thought I was fine and I mean you have to talk to a, a psychiatrist before and everything and I thought I was fine and now that I look about it think about it and I'm like oh, that's not great but um yeah it, it's an absolute whirlwind and it has been um but I truly believe that everything in the world has already been written um and I, I'm not a religious person, so to speak, but I believe in, you know, everything that is going to happen is going to happen. Um, and even if you change it, then you are always going to change it. And that was already written as well, like everything. And I, I remember right after my mum passed away, I kept thinking like, maybe I should have done this. Maybe if we did this, maybe if this didn't happen. And I was like, there's nothing I can do. Like there's, there's honestly nothing I can do like 100% there's always things you think about like, if I did this different maybe I could change this and then I, I came to the realization there's absolutely nothing I can do apart from carry on with my life and I don't think uh pain and loss ever gets smaller but I just think you can get bigger and grow as a person around it and I think I do that every day and I hope that everyone else in the world can maybe think a little bit more like that and which is why I was so happy to talk about it on the show because I just want people to see that and I know that that would be help that would have been helpful for me as well I like I love that you said that you kind of like displaced yourself from the situation and you kind of like looked at it as a whole and like you know I can't be worrying about the things that I didn't do because at the end of the day I can't change it and I think that that has been the most integral part of the past few years of my life is just taking that step back no matter what if it comes down to if you're angry at somebody you're mad at somebody it is something that you don't want to do whatever it is just displacing yourself from that and looking at the full picture because that will give you a clearer mind so i i'm glad that you did that because you know that literally starts to heal you yeah 100 percent So you walk through this workroom door, you see the lights, you see the cameras, you see the action, you see these other girls. What was the first thing that went through your head? Well, I actually lost a nail just before I went into the workroom. And that was all I was thinking about, if I'm honest. Um, we, so we were in a holding, we, everyone was in a holding room that morning and, um, we were sitting in there for ages, like, oh. And then I remember we weren't allowed to leave the room and I really needed to go to the toilet. But we literally could not leave the room because if I'd left the room at the same time, another queen was like getting taken out of her room or something. And then I was in there for, it felt like 10 hours. It was probably like an hour and a half or something. I don't know. But in fact, there was no clock, no phone, anything in full drag. And they really needed to go to the toilet. And then they were like, right, River, you're going up to the workroom now. And I was like, okay. I was like, I need to go to the toilet. Sorry, I have to go now. Went to the toilet. I already had all my nails on. Uh, obviously, it takes a while to get everything off. I was like, I have to. Um, got everything back on, walking up to the workroom. And then I was like, I've lost a nail. I was like, somebody has to go back and get it now. And they sent a runner going around the studio trying to find my nail. I was like, no, I, was like, I cannot go. I was like, sorry. I was like, That's, I don't want to be stressed out about a nail. Anyway, they didn't find it. 
and um so the whole time i'm in the workroom i walk in and i you can hear them talking it, it was kitty and veronica and i could hear them straight away um and it was so weird it just sounded so like empty because obviously like when you watch the show it's like music sound mm-hmm. effects and it was just silence and in my head i was like maybe there's like one camera person in there because that's what it, it, i didn't hear anything and i remember just standing there and then there's a mirror just before you walk in and i was looking at myself like what the hell and i was like oh i've lost the nail um and i had to walk around i walked in and you can't really tell on the phone and i'm like this <laughs> literally the whole time just standing there like this and like the river is here I think I had to do my, I think I had to do it twice as well. And it's just so awkward. And they go, don't look at the girls on the table until we give you a signal to go over. And I was like, okay. And I'm there like, and Kitty and Veronica are like, ooh, 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 is, is that a river midway? Oh, I'm there like, trying not to look. It's like, everyone says the same thing. It seems like you're there for 10 hours. So what was the question? What were you thinking? That was the question. <laughs> 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 yes yes what, what, was, what were you uh, thinking i was thinking i need to make sure i hide this nail um and i need to make sure that, that i'm just really nice to everyone which i think i am anyway i hope so um unless wait what, me what show did you watch you were the villain <laughs> of the season <laughs> i could have been i'll tell you right now joseph i could have been and i was not um but yeah it was just it was, it felt like I was literally in my TV screen. Like it was, it was so bizarre. And there was a hundred people there as in like camera crew, like 50 cameras, all the producers, like every, like all of these people just standing there. And then you walk in like, (laughs) like, yeah, very, very strange. And also for some reason, I don't know why, because I've seen the show so many times. I thought it was only going to be half a workroom um which doesn't make sense because you can all you can literally see all four walls of the workroom when you watch the show stop but when i was about I, to walk in, i always thought that is not what half a workroom yeah no it's four it's four walls did you think it was half i as thought well? it was the same thing I, yeah i thought it was the okay. three walls yeah that's what i thought too i thought it was literally going to be that and then it was going to be all the camera crew and all that stuff it's not it's literally it is actually a workroom which I just was I it's weird because I thought it was gonna be like a TV set and then you walk in and it's not. But then also you realise how much of it is like a TV set because there's all these people walking around in like beanies and sweatpants, like doing cameras and lights. And it, yeah, it's it's so strange. So so strange. But um yeah, that's what I thought. I thought, oh, there's there's a wall there, and also I need to hide my nail. So <laughs> can't you so you did you know any of these girls before you got on to the show did you know anybody in the cast uh personally or like just know who was going to be there um both let's go with both yeah so i would say the person that i knew was crystal because me and crystal used to work at the same bar in kent together so we like proper know each other but we were never we were never really friends before 
but also she was literally like 18 when we used to work there so she was this like 18 year old there like oh my name's Crystal Versace <laughs> at the time obviously like we're really good friends now um but I was a bit more like oh okay like when we were working at the same place like we were friends we were mates that's what I, we used to be mates now we're friends so I knew her I styled a wig for Kitty about five years ago and that was our only interaction and I char- oh my gosh I charged her like 40 pounds or 50 pounds or something ridiculous like so cheap oh I also I used to style wigs for a lot of drag queens all the time like, I had a full business of styling wigs for people so this is I've got so many things I forget everything um from like 16 to like until I went on the show I was 16 styling 16 yeah. you were styling wigs pretty much yeah that's when I started so that's how I me and Kitty had spoken before and like when I styled a wig for her um and I also I remember styled a wig for Cheryl Hold like probably around that time as well and it's just so funny because we're all friends now so yeah we knew each other but not probably the only person I was probably friends with was Crystal but also where I'm I was so intrigued to know who else was going to be there I basically had gossiped my way around to find out who else was going to be there um for the show um because I just really wanted to know and I knew oh and me and Ella had worked together before as well um so we'd like kind of known each other and then me and Vanity had like followed each other for ages so it was all like everybody kind of knew each other but not properly so the only person I would say I knew was Crystal yeah did you guys talk about that before? Did you know, like, did you, did she know that you were going to be on and you knew that she was going to be on? Uh, I knew she knew, but <laughs> she didn't tell me. And she knew I knew, but we didn't, we didn't directly speak about it. Um, we had actually, like, not seen eye to eye a couple of times about whatever drag queens are like before. Um, and then a couple of weeks before we went into Drag Race, like, she sent me this message like it was like really cryptic it was like hey babes i hope you're right like i hope you're doing well um like hope, hope yeah it's clear between us like hope we're all good blah, blah, blah. like and i was like yeah babe i was like we're all good babes don't worry like i know what she was getting at mm-hmm. she knew what I, was getting at. So I was like i i don't I don't want any of this, you know, these two queens are from the same town and they hate each other. And I was like, no, I was like, I'm not bringing that in. I was like, if there's going to be drama on the show, that's fine. I was like, I don't want things from before. So we're all fine and we're all fine. And we've spoken about it and we're really good friends and she's so lovely. So, yeah. You want to know what else was lovely? Your point. Now, now (laughs) you, you, you have your is that the first runway that you walked down in yeah okay did you think that you were going to do that like did you did you think okay this is going to be a one and done on the runway i'm going to got 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 point and then be done or did you go out there with the anticipation of continually pointing so in my head um well basically once everybody had unpacked all of their stuff in the workroom, I looked around and I thought, wow, I have the cheapest looking costumes here out of everyone. That was that wasn't even me trying to be negative or anything. I genuinely probably had like the I'm not gonna say that I had the worst wardrobe, but like I didn't have a very good wardrobe for most of it. Some of the of it I know was great. Um, but a lot of it was like stuff me and my friend had made or my friend had made for me or stuff like that. A lot of it was. And um in my head, I was like, well, 
I'm going to be, I was like, well, I'm going to have to be a, a bit, I, I was like, I need to make sure my personality comes through on the runway because there's no way I can walk down it like a model because it, it will not happen for me. And I was like, and also Crystal's here. So like, nobody's ever going to look as gorgeous as Crystal on this runway. Um, so then I was like, in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm going to, people thought I was like pointing on the runway. I don't know. This is what the statue looks like. It's literally just like this. And I was like, oh, well, obviously I'm being a statue. So it makes sense for me to stand there like him. And it wasn't me like, oh, this is going to be so funny. It's going to be it, like, it was just like logic. I was like, obviously I'm going to stand like the statue because that's who I'm doing an impression of, doing an impression of a statue. Oh my God, I should have done Thomas Waghorn for Snatch Game. I would have won. Um, I've just thought that, sorry, I've just gone on another tangent. If I'd gone onto Snatch Game and start a statue and just pointed for every answer, I probably would have won the whole season. I think you would have. Right, I'm fuming. I've just realised that. Great. Anyway, my my thing, my intention was always going to be, I was like, oh, I'm going to stand there and sort of like walk like a statue. And in my head, it just made sense, like, for me to do that. And I did it. And then I was like, oh, I guess it's a bit funny. Um, and I, I don't think I even clocked how funny they thought it was. Like, in my head, Rue was, like, giggling. But, but I wasn't looking at them. And there's the music playing and everything. So I couldn't properly, you can't properly gauge it mm-hmm. i was like oh yeah they're giggling a bit because i look i've got a cone on my head i look a bit silly so i just kept doing it and doing it and doing it um and then i was like oh no they're actually really enjoying this and i was like okay let me just do it a few more times um and then i came off stage and everyone was just staring and they were like what were you doing out there and i was like oh i'm just like standing like a statue and they were like Rue is screaming and I was like laugh and I was like I was like I wasn't even really looking and they were like I was like they were like you you've made Rue laugh that's so so good and I was like okay <laughs> and then we secret everybody knows you do the runway twice <laughs> so they can do the comments and there's no music at that point so imagine silence and all you hear is this this <laughs> When I tell you that, like, everybody was actually screaming and I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'll do a few, like, I was like, I know, I'm not, an, I'm not a complete idiot. Like, I know how to, you know, rally them up, rally them up a bit. Um, so, yeah, but it was never planned to be that, um, which is my best advice to everyone. Don't plan things. Just do whatever your heart tells you, because that was, that was like no, a no force thing. It was just, that just happened. Yeah, and making Rue laugh is literally the pivotal. If you make Rue laugh, then you are always on the good list. Like, you're not on the shit list. No matter what time you leave on the show, Rue's going to remember that one thing every time he mm-hmm. sees you. So did you did you realize, I guess, after all that had happened, did you realize how big it was then, after? Or was it when it came on the TV and you were like, oh my gosh, this is bigger than what I thought? Yeah, it was more that when it when I watched it, it, it wasn't at the time at all. I didn't think anything of it at the time. And I remember like people being like, oh, maybe you should. Um, they, they weren't they weren't telling me what to do. They were like, like they love it. They were like, if, if you like do do more of that. And I was really worried about milking it. And I didn't want to do it because in my head, it only makes sense for me to do that dressed as a statue at the time. Anyway, I was like, I'm not going to do all my runways like that because I'm not dressed as a statue. Obviously, that's not how Rue sees it. Rue just sees it as me being funny, so I, I could have. Um, so, and then I remember like 
producers and stuff being like, oh, very, it's, it's so funny. Like, everybody's going to love it. And I, I just wasn't buying it at all. I was like, I'm sure, like, it'll be a bit funny. Um, and th- this isn't even me trying to be modest or anything like that. I genuinely was like, yeah, like, it's going to be a bit funny, but I doubt. I didn't think it was going to, you know, be crazy. And then I remember watching the first episode at a viewing party and everybody was just, like, howling the whole time. Like, everyone found it so funny. And I was like, oh, this is... I was sitting there, like, at the back, behind everyone. And then the audience were in front of them, the screen was there. And I was sitting there, like... <laughs> oh! I was like, oh, my God. People find me funny. That's great. And then I remember looking on my phone and it was like, I couldn't go on a story without seeing myself with a traffic cone on my head. And then like, it just was going crazier and crazier and crazier. And then like, people would tag me every single day of them with a traffic cone on their heads. Like all the time, people, people do it now, people still do it now. And I remember when I brought out, like, I bought out like the merch, I bought like t-shirts and mugs and cushions with like uh, the illustration of me doing it. And the night I put that out, it like was crazy the amount of people that got them and I was like I was like oh maybe I'm onto something here <laughs> it's like and I'm always scared about milking things I'm actually really insecure and worried about everything all the time really and I yeah I never want somebody to go oh she's so annoying oh she's milking that and this is about anything like I get so worried all the time that I've upset somebody or I've annoyed somebody or anything which is why I keep apologizing for going on tangents and speaking for ages um but that's what I was always worried of and now I'm embracing the cone I haven't actually worn it since the show but you you have a plushie too right I have a plushie of it as well yes I also have a plushie of it (laughs) that's that to me is like the craziest (laughs) thing if if there's anything in my life that I want to happen I just want to be made into a plushie like you know like that's that's like I as a child, that would be the coolest thing, knowing that that's what yeah. you have. I also will give you props because your cone, wig, hair, all of the whole thing, I think that is the first time, I mean, I may be totally incorrect, where a wig was something different than a wig. Like a lot of times, you know, like either it's like the Marge Simpson that's like a straight up, yeah. or it's your down, your updos, but there's nothing that's ever been, you know, I guess triangular. I guess not. No, like, n- well, I'm, I'm sure that, I'm sure there has been maybe, but yeah. I, but then in my head, like, I didn't have to think hard about that look at all. Like, what I was made like, you? I, I guess what made you go for using the cone as a wig as opposed to wearing a cone or a cone hat on your head? I didn't think about it. Like. This is, it, there were no thoughts behind this at all, which I think is the way to be in life. Like, yeah. I literally, I, as soon as I got on the show, and I'd always said, if I'm going to do, if I'm ever on the show and have to do hometown, it's going to be that. Like, that's always been. And it was the first thing I ever drew for the show, like a sketch. Um, and it's basically exactly what I wore on the show. Um, and I drew it, and I drew this, and I was like, oh, yeah, and then I'm going to make the cone out of hair. Like, that was on the first draft. It was It was never, like... Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to wear a traffic kind of a fake one. And also, like, hair is also one of my favourite things to do. But I did all of my hair on, on the show. So I was like, I'm just going to make out of hair. Like, it, yeah, it just wasn't even a thought, really. <laughs> it was it was the smartest decision. I'm so glad that you did that because making Rue laugh, making a name for yourself is 
the biggest thing you can do. If you don't win, you want to do something else. And that's exactly what you did. And I, I read, I don't know if this is correct, that your runway that was the red carpet, you felt scared because you saw everybody else's outfits. So you used your finale look for that. Is that true? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Because actually, um, not to give too much away, but like they really didn't like, apart from the fact that I made them laugh in episode one, they, they didn't actually like that outfit really. Um, I think I had a bit of hair sticking out of the back of that cone wig that they like read before. They hated my music look. Like it, they, they really, really read me for it. And you don't really see that in the show because obviously it's like they focused on like the funny stuff for me. Um, and the other two that were in the bottom. But I really thought I was going home episode one, like convinced. Because I thought maybe they just saw me as like a bit of a novelty. Like, oh yeah, she's funny, but like she looks like shit. So she's going home. That's that's fully, nobody <laughs> said that. Like that, that, that hadn't come from anywhere. That's, that was fully all up here. Um, because the only praise I'd got was, oh, you're funny. Which in my head was like, oh yeah, but yeah, obviously. Like, but what about my outfits? Like it wasn't, it was very strange. So I was, um, petrified on episode two and even though it was a dance challenge and i i can dance and take away my my elimination lip sync um i do know how to dance and um i was like even though it's a dance challenge my red carpet look is what i actually ended up wearing for the finale because i was like well i'm not going to make it to the finale anyway which was probably my downfall me saying that in episode two that i'm not going to make it to the finale yeah um, maybe if i told myself i would have then i maybe i would have made it there um but I was like, I'm gonna, ha- I'm gonna have to wear this dress and look gorgeous. And then I actually did really good in that challenge, and then I was safe. And at the time, I was really happy to be safe because as soon as Rue goes, you're safe. You go, I'm gonna be here next week, and that's that's all I cared about because I was in the bottom three the week before. Um, but when I look back now, I'm like, hang on a sec. I danced beautifully in that challenge, and I wore a gorgeous outfit with this Anna Nicole Smith hair. But I'm glad I wore it because it meant I got to wear it quite early on in the show and look really nice. <laughs> yeah. And it also gave a total difference from, you know, the first comical uh, jest that you have into that. I also loved what my, one of my favorite looks for you was the map one. I loved it because I thought it was such a creative way of incorporating, you know, the, the camping aspect of the runway, but just, putting an actual map on yourself. It was so chic. I thought it was so sophisticated. That probably was one of my favorites of yours. And then the, what was the the other really beautiful red dress you had? Gold one for the money. Oh. The, yeah. That was beautiful. Favorite. Do you want to know some real tea about that dress? Yeah. Right, this is fully an exclusive. And I've been waiting for the right time to talk about this because it's my favorite. So obviously the runway is like Xpenny Henny, like the most expensive looking drag. Um, I think I wore the cheapest dress on the runway that day. That dress is from AliExpress. And I and I purchased it for, I think, £180. Oh Scandal. my gosh! And I've never, I haven't said it to the world yet. Well, AliExpress. <laughs> and the, the headpiece as well, AliExpress. <laughs> okay, wait, hold on. I need, to, <laughs> I need to pull this up for a second. Let me find it. How in the world did that, if it was from AliExpress, yeah. look 
that good. Like, yeah. But I did. I'll, I'll say what I did have to spend like weeks. All I altered the entire. Dra- I, I basically I took all the sleeves off. I like took the insides out. Like I did do a lot to it for it to fit me so good. Like it did not fit me like that. Um, but yeah, that outfit was from AliExpress, and it's my favorite thing to date because I remember when that episode came out as well. Um, like everyone just went crazy when I dropped the picture on Instagram like everyone went wild I was like I made I made that money back for that dress in like signed prints in like five minutes like yeah it was it was absolutely crazy um and it's one of my favorite dresses so and I was on a budget so I was like hey you know what if you can make something that is cheap look expensive then there you go Another great thing that you had happen was you were in the amazing pick and mix of BDE with Ella the Day, uh, Vanity Milan, Theresa May. What was going through your head? You are in this group with three other very exuberant individuals. And this is the one challenge that will either set you into the atmosphere of Drag Race fans blasting this song, or you may be the other group and your song is never heard from again. Were you nervous going into it? With that one challenge, I was like, I was like, I have to make it to the girl group challenge and I will win the girl group. That was that was the one thing I was so confident about. Everything else I was always a bit worried about. That one thing I was like, I know my shit when it, when it comes to stuff like that. Like... I was like, I will be in the winning team for the girl group challenge when I get to the girl group challenge. Um, and I remember as soon as they, as soon as, as soon as Scarlett picked the groups, I was like, I'm so glad I'm in this group because this thing, people, when people go in groups, they, well, the people that are picking them, it's like, oh, I'm going to pick the best people. And it's like, babes, that's not always going to make you look good. Like being next to people that are, for this particular challenge, it's like you need to pick people that you're going to work well with, not just because, oh, Crystal's the favourite, because she's going to look amazing and, and do well in the challenge. Like, and if, and if you're not super confident with stuff like that, which Scarlett isn't, it's like you wouldn't want to be standing next to that. But anyway, as soon as we knew what version of the song we were having, um which is literally on the show and scarlet i was like i know for a fact scarlet's gonna pick the fast one because she thinks that's gonna be like the next bing bang bong or something like you think oh it's drag race why would you want a slow one for drag race and as soon as we got the slow one in my head i was like we've won this i was like i know for a fact we've won this i was like i know how this is gonna play out i was like at that point in the show none of us had really got much praise or attention like us four I was like, we're all very smart. We're all, we all know how to maybe go a different way around this instead of just having a fast song with silly dancing. We had a slow song with silly dancing instead. And yeah, it was, I was like, I'm going to write decent lyrics that aren't, yes, mama, come on, Rue, give me the crown, slay, fierce queen, um, which is absolutely fine if some people want to do that. Um, but I just didn't want another drag race verse. And that was for myself, not because, oh, I'm too good for that. I just, I think music is the most powerful thing in the world. So why would I not be authentic to myself when I write my lyrics? And I remember I actually ended up 
having those lyrics first and then rewriting them and making them really generic because I thought, oh no, actually, maybe they're going to say it's too deep and I need it's drag race and I should have done something easier. And I changed it and I handed them in and then we were about to go and rehearse and I was like, stop. I was like, no, no, like we were about to go record. I was like, I have to change my lyrics back. I was like, no, I, I made a terrible mistake. I was like, please, please, please. It was just like four lines from it that I changed because I had like the river is here, everybody dive in, love myself from deep within. Then I had all this other stuff, and then it finished with like BDE. So I didn't have the um, femme every day. I mean, twenty four seven, miss my mom, but I know she haven't. I'd cut that bit out, and then I was like, I have to put that back. I was like, I need to go. I, you have to stick with your gut all the time. I was like, no, no, this is what I have to do. And luckily, they said, yeah, that's fine. You can change them. Um, and I'm so glad I did um, because I love my verse and when we were doing the choreography and the dancing we we, we all th- we, we all had such good equal input to it and we thought we need to be so smart about this it was like we don't want to look like a joke we need to be in on the joke it's like we, we can't take this seriously like you can have a serious message but still deliver it in a way that is fun to consume and i think i think we nailed it to be honest and then yeah i knew we were going to win just I felt it. <laughs> Nailed it. You took it out of the park. I I literally all last night, because anytime before I have an interview, I always just do a full recap. And I could not for the past 24 hours stop singing it. I was just like, <laughs> and I blasted it in the car when you guys put it out. Like, that's the thing that I get the most excited about is that if the girl group challenge song is good, because sometimes you have. You have franchises where it may not turn out as good, but that was a moment. Another moment. Uh Oh, no. You were in the bottom two with your fellow pick and mix sister, Theresa May. And you make me want to shout comes on. And there was chaos on stage. Mm. Yeah. What were you, what was going through your head and what was this motion? Did you, did you see the Theresa May craziness going on as it, and that worried you? Like what, what was going through? I, I want you to walk me through this moment. Okay. So I, this is, this is a problem. Maybe I'm, maybe I preempt things and I'm too negative. I always knew that I would struggle with Snatch Game from the first season of Drag Race I ever watched. Um, I think I can make people laugh, but I don't know how to do Snatch Game. I know what makes a good Snatch Game. I, I cannot do it for the life of me. I, I really cannot. And I always knew that. And I ended up doing a character that I thought maybe would just be more safe and I'd just be fine. And I was like, I'd rather just do a character that, like, will be all right to do. I don't think I did a bad job, but I hated Snatch Game from the second I sat down, like, I was the whole time I wanted to cry. Honestly, it was the worst. And it's just so sad to think I was like, I think it was the fact that I was like, I know that there's actually nothing I can do and I'm going to go home tomorrow. Um, and it, that in my head, like that's, that's genuinely me just being realistic. And then when I found out what the runway was, it was my absolute worst runway. I made it like in the hotel. Like it was, it was an absolute mess. And I was like, it's not even as if, I had a gorgeous runway that might have saved me from being in the bottom or something, right? So, like, that morning, I remember... So, uh, the day after Snatch Game, so the morning of the runway, um, the sound 
person came up to you and they ask you where, where you want your mic because you can wear it in your costume or you can have it in your wig or you can have it anyway it depends if, if you're wearing something really revealing like you can't have it there and I said to her I was like right I was like I'm wearing I'm wearing a mesh top half so I'm gonna have to have the whole thing inside my wig and they put the mic pack everything underneath um and then I went but I will be lip syncing later on so we're gonna have to take that mic she was like you might not be lip syncing and I was like like, I'm just letting you know I'm gonna be lip syncing this I was like there's nothing I could have done different anyway by that point because I'd already done a snatch game um maybe I could have pointed on the runway (laughs) yeah maybe if I pointed on the runway they would have laughed so yeah I was like I know they're not gonna like it and then they didn't and then I knew I was going home um just because and this wasn't Oh, I heard a producer say this. It was none of that. It was all in my mind. But for once, I was right. Um, and I remember the song was going to start and I was like, maybe if I just do, I'm just going to be fun with this song because and this sorry, this wasn't me saying, oh, I'm going home. I was like, I was like I'm still going to do my best in this lip sync. But it's a horrible song to lip sync to for me anyway. Like the type of dancing I know how to do is not that. And like by that point, I was just so like tired and drained and just like, ooh. and I, I honestly think I blacked out that whole that whole lip sync. I don't I remember the song starting and I was like, I need to take my, this bowl off. And then I look and Charissa is like this. <laughs> but I was like, what, I was like, whatever happens, Charissa's going to stay because I think they like her more. And we do the lip sync and Lulu was loving it. And I was like, well, at least she's having fun. Like I, I genuinely had fun with it. And I was like, yeah, that's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to be there. Like, <laughs> do you know, like the song. So, yeah. And then I remember me and Teresa were standing there at the end of the song. And I was like, I was like, you've, you've, you've won. I was like, don't worry. Like you've won. Like, oh, we had to go put our mics back on really quickly. Literally like at the back of the stage or something. And I was looking at her and I was like, you've won. I was like, don't, I was like, don't worry, you're, you're going to be fine. I was like, one. Um, and I, I, just, I knew, which I think was why I was okay with it, because I, like, knew. And again, it's one of those things that's like, can't do anything about it. So, yeah, that's what happened. And then I got eliminated. Eliminated? I, I did actually cry on the runway to RuPaul. Um, actually, I was a bit upset. I was like, I'm so sorry that like I've disappointed you and I haven't done as well as I know I can. And I was like, it's sobbing. Um, but I guess it was too long. So, so you, you pulled a pangina before before pangina pulled a pangina. Right? Yeah, actually, and they didn't keep it in. Maybe that's why they didn't keep it in. Because maybe they were like, they, well, we've, yeah. already, yeah, we've already got that. And that's going to be more dramatic. Because it wasn't that dramatic. It was more, it wasn't me. No, it was me. I was, like, I was like, I'm really sorry. I was like, I've had a lovely time here. I was like, thank you. I was like, it's amazing. I'm really sorry. I didn't do better. <laughs> um, but yeah, and that was it. And I, I was happy with what I did. So then, yeah. And then you are done with the show. You go on to live your life. As we close out this Drag Race chapter and learn what's next for you, you know, you get my final question from the Drag Race archives of, what is something that happened during shooting Drag Race that you wish would have made it on TV that didn't? Uh, well, there's a... <laughs> depends. There's obviously something there, River. I need you. Come on. Oh, I don't want to be shady. Uh, there's a couple things, but for different reasons. And one of the things I think would 
would explain a lot of things and make things make sense that happened on the show that some people might not have been happy with, but it would make things make sense. Let's connect the dots. Connect the dots. <sighs> no, no. I'll tell you a really funny thing that happened instead. <laughs> you can't set me up like oh, that, River. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Oh, it just. Why don't you say it? And then if you regret it, we can take it out. For sure. Yeah. Well, no, I don't know. No, cause do you know what? Actually, I don't, I don't wish it happened. It's more of just something that's a bit like interesting that maybe would have changed things. But you obviously, you know, in episode five and like nobody wins the episode and then we have to we get asked like who who's going um, and we all say the same person, Scarlet. We all say Scarlet. We all said Scarlet. And um, at that point, like tensions are high already. And I know for me, like I had reasoning for me to say it, to say her name. Um, and I just remember her, which, do you know what, when I look back, I think the way she reacted was very human and completely justified and we get on well and everybody is fine. But I remember at the time she was saying stuff like, you're all ganging up on me and, and you've thrown me under the bus. And I just thought, that's not throwing you under the bus. Like, I've said it because that's what I believe. And then I remember at one point, just before she storms out, I go, you really need to stop. You need to let people... Uh, finish speaking before you interrupt them or something um, and that's on the show and it just looks like I'm saying it out of nowhere but like earlier on that day we were having a conversation getting ready in the mirrors um, about it started off about cruising and dogging because I think there was a there was a dog challenge that day and we started talking about dogging and cruising and um, everyone was making jokes about it and then I started sort of talking about the history of like cruising and how like for a lot of especially gay men that before Grindr and like web, uh, apps like that that was the only way that you could have like any sort of sexual relation with anyone was through cruising and then that's how we started talking about it and I was like you know like it's it's not always this taboo thing like that's that was survival for a lot of people that was the only way they could do it and I had this conversation and then I remember Scarlett interrupting me to tell a joke and it just made me so angry and I didn't say anything at the time and then later on she interrupted somebody again and then then I was just like you really need to stop interrupting people and that's what it went and that's what really that's why it it had like built up but all you ever really saw was that bit on telly so it looks like we're all just randomly coming out of nowhere saying all these things so that's maybe sort of one thing that just it just makes sometimes that sometimes you see the tail end of things and it's sometimes it's like no like that sometimes things are justified like we're not all shady and snappy for no reason sometimes um and the same way like it happens i'm sure it happened loads on the show but that that was one thing at the time when it happened i was like i hope people don't think i'm just i'm i'm kicking somebody when they're down um because i got that a little bit not a lot but yeah that's one thing but then also another really funny thing that I'll tell you really quickly was um, when we were eating breakfast one day, we were all sitting there talking and Teresa was like this in the, like across the room, like just doing this for like five minutes. And I thought, I thought, oh, he's just nerd. Oh my God, can you see my pajamas? I've got Rick and Morty pajamas on underneath. <gasps> my favorite. And she was just walking around and I thought maybe she's just, you know, having a moment or something. And she came over and she goes, 
sorry everybody just to let you know i've been silently choking for five minutes um and she was choking on her breakfast and didn't want to tell anyone and that was my favorite i honestly i pissed myself laughing it was so funny uh, so i wish that was also on camera on the page. it was just she was just I, now I, I can just imagine her like this like <laughs> the whole she, yeah but she doesn't like people making a fuss and i've seen it happen again before and i can see her coughing and people are like we, and, and she gets and i was like no everyone leave her i was like leave her to it she'll sort herself out i was like if she goes blue we'll give her the heimlich but if not She'll sort of herself, but it's because she doesn't chew her food. She just like she goes, yeah, all the time. I'm like Teresa, you have to chew your food. And she goes, I forget, I forget to chew. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a funny thing. Oh, I absolutely love it. I love you. Um, what is coming down the pipeline for you now that Drag Race is over? You have this pick and mix tour that you are doing. Like, what's what's coming up, River? Well, I've got a lot of live shows and a lot of tours coming up this year, which is really fun, which you can see all on my Instagram. I, you know, what I really, really want to get into, uh, which maybe is actually will fall into what we were talking about earlier on about me going on my old Stardoll account. Um, I, I really like, like making videos and, and video editing and stuff. So I think I want to do a lot more digital stuff as well, because it's, I mean, I, I'm touring so much this year and it's just in the UK and it's like, I forget how wide my drag has spread. And it's like, I, I really want to create some really good stuff that might be in the works already, but I'm just going to say that I love cooking a good meal, which is, no, people don't know about me either. I love to cook and I love styling wigs, which I know people always want to see too. So hopefully that's a good thing. That's a good international thing that will be for the millions to um, to enjoy. And uh, maybe maybe some music this year yes. too. Yes, that will be exciting. Also, I are you coming to DragCon? I will be at DragCon UK in January 2023. So that's very exciting too. Very exciting. And I know that you are a big fan of Hannah Montana. So yes, oh my God, we, haven't, we haven't even spoken about Hannah Montana. We're going to have to do a part two. It's, in you know what? We should just do a podcast on Hannah Montana. We should pick an episode and just go through it. That's going to be our uh, next step. Yeah. Um, you know... All I have to say is that if you get to a drag con and Arancha Castilla La Mancha is there from España, can you please yeah. both be Hannah Montana? I need a performance and a number. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. that would be killer. It would have to happen. I feel like, you know, when there's like in cowboy films and it's like, and they're there, like, this town ain't big enough for the both of us. That would be me and her, like, in. Out of Montana drag, like yes! yeah, it could yeah. be a poster, she's, a whole thing. Yeah, she's uh, lovely. She's amazing. I love her. She's insane. Um, well, River, where can everybody find you on the socials? Socials. Uh, Instagram is at River Medway. Twitter is at River underscore Medway because. At River Medway has already been taken by somebody that made an account for the actual River Medway. So, and it gets tagged in things all the time. So, Instagram has an underscore. No, no, Twitter has an underscore. Instagram does not. Well, 
Thank you so much, River, for being here and chatting with me on Exposed Dragged Out on the Dip. My name is Joseph Shepard. You can follow me on all things at Joseph A. Shepard. River Medway is at River Medway on Instagram, at River underscore Medway on, in, on Twitter. Do not follow the actual River Medway account. Make sure. Make sure you're not tagging her either. Um, and until next time, I will see you guys. Make sure to leave a five-star rating. Give all the goods. Show River some love. Go follow her. Bye, guys. Expose yourself. Ooh. Show them what you're all about. Giraffe.